You truly do find your calling at the intersection of what he calls you to be and who people need you to be. Add in the variables of your life experiences if you decide to not let them be wasted. And I think somewhere in that mix is your calling. Hey friend, you're listening to Wandering Wild. We hope this podcast is an honest and encouraging resource in your walk with the Lord. Join us as we have real conversations about our time spent in His presence. Welcome to the wilderness. Welcome back to the Wandering Wild podcast. It has been many months since I have recorded a fresh new episode for you all, and I am so excited to be here. I have missed this, and I have missed you, and if you have been a follower of the Wandering Wild podcast since the beginning, I just want to say thank you for being here and for listening, and you know, in the last year and a half to two years, really, it's been two years, a lot of life has happened. I am expecting baby number seven, and <laughs> it's a lot of life has happened, honestly. And I'm just really excited at what the Lord is doing with Wandering Wild and bringing it back. And, um, you know, we're making a comeback. And I know that this second season is going to be such a powerful uh, resource in your life. And um, I'm so excited to see how it encourages you. If these episodes are encouraging to you, I want you to know that you can always reach out to us at hello at wanderingwild.co and let us know how it's impacted you. We love having those conversations. We love hearing that. So, okay, first episode of season number two, and my guest today is a woman after my own heart. We have so much in common. We met in a really crazy turn of events. So quick background. I have been in the marketing world. I've been doing some brand management and uh, some social media management over the last year and a half. And um, I listened to a podcast and it was just a marketing podcast. And I heard this guy talking about uh, personal brands and offering a free brand call. And I signed up for it because I was like, this is so valuable. And what's really fun is I got assigned a person and a date and uh, like a, a day before that scheduled call, I get an email saying like that person canceled and it was this other person named Kaylee Tanner who was going to be the person I was going to talk to um, for the, that free brand call. And lo and behold, Kaylee Tanner shows up to that call and instantly we hit it off. I saw a picture behind her that was a Christian artist that I was like, I have to ask you about this photo. Like, are you a believer? Turns out she was. Um, and so my guest today is Kaylee Tanner. She is a sales strategist with Brand Builders Group. She um, she also has a background as a CrossFit Level 1 certified coach, which you know I am about. And uh, she also has this, this passion for helping women navigate pregnancy and postpartum. She has a heart for serving others and has worked with missions organizations like Youth with a Mission and Students International. And what I love most about Kaylee is that um, she knows 
that every heart is searching for purpose and um, calling and ultimately identity. And so in her day-to-day, what she helps people do is take that calling and that purpose um, and turn it into identity. So Kaylee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. I completely forgot that we weren't even originally, like I wasn't originally supposed to host your call. No, it was, I it was totally... this other person. And it's so funny because I was, uh, when I signed up, I was nervous that I would get yeah. someone who like wouldn't understand me. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's you totally know, like valid. I, I do a lot of things and, I, you know, I really thought I would get, and to be fair, like you didn't say, yeah, do all the things. But you really understood all of the things yeah. that I was trying to accomplish. And so, yeah. Lord oh my you. gosh. I, I seriously, every single day when I show up to my computer, I truly like, like this morning, I was literally praying. I'm like, Lord, every person that you put on my calendar truly is divine. Like, I believe that with full certainty yeah. and like 100%, you know? Um, but that just even goes back to show that, like, the Lord will reorchestrate. So that's so, and I also didn't realize that this is the first podcast episode of the season. So, wow. Like, thank you. Surprise. I'm so <laughs> Surprise. I'm so excited. So, yeah. I'm stoked. I'm really excited just to talk about Jesus and, you know, chat with you because it's always a good time when we can have conversations it is so fun fact about Kaylee and I every time we get on a call it always goes way longer than it's supposed to always um (laughs) we were supposed to start recording this 35 minutes ago (laughs) but we were just talking (laughs) we probably should have just recorded but yeah it's fine (laughs) well and the fun part is I mean we live states away and yeah you know, like we've never met in person, but you are one of I those know. people that every time I talk to you, I'm just like, it feels like we talked yesterday and the day before and the day before that. I know. But if gathering, maybe, right? Maybe. We may be going maybe. to gathering together. That would be amazing. I love it. Meet up. That's a, that sounds like a solid meetup spot to me. I just think saying. so. I think so. <laughs> so, I love it. Kaylee, tell me a little bit about yourself and just... Yeah, who you are. Yeah, so um, I'm 32. I know, crazy. I don't know how this time has passed. Um, I'm a mother of two. I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. Married to an incredible man that I met as when I was a full-time missionary. We met doing full-time mission, met, fell in love, got married. Um yeah, we currently are not full-time missionaries anymore. <laughs> um, we left 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 full-time ministry and moved a few months ago to the Washington D.C. area, mm-hmm. which was a place that we both felt actually almost five years ago. We were here and separately before we were even dating. We both separately felt like the Lord was telling us to move here to D.C. Um, and we tried a few times after we got married and just life happens, doors aren't open. And so a few months ago, we, um, just felt the Lord kind of bringing that to the forefront again. And so we just 
moved and have no idea why we're here. <laughs> like still have no clarity, but I'm obedient. <laughs> so that, that counts for something. <laughs> that counts for sure. Yeah. Oh, I so, love that. So yeah. talk a little bit about your time in full-time mission. Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. <laughs> the cliff note version of how and why at the time, this was, gosh, I don't, that feels like it's almost 10 years ago. Um, I was working uh, for Lululemon, which obviously is not a Christian-based company, right? Um, but they are very spiritual, if you will. A lot of people are very spiritual. We were in a workshop uh as employees, like a vision casting workshop. I honestly had never done any type of like goal setting vision casting. I was like 24 at the time. And, um, you know, they just very much were like, Hey, project out into the universe, what you want, you know? And as a Christian, I was like, well, I'm not going to project anything. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's the gospel. (laughs) Right. Unless it's the gospel. Um, and so I was like, Lord, if there's something that you want me to know, I'm here. Like I'm open. Right. Um, but I was like, Lord, I am going to just vision, envision myself in a white room. And if I see something, if you want me to know something, show me. So I closed my eyes and immediately I saw a picture of myself in Nepal. I had no idea where Nepal was. I I didn't even know any, but I didn't know what the Himalayas were. Honestly, I didn't know what Mount Everest was. I didn't know anyone who had ever even talked about Nepal. And so I was like, so weird. I saw two pictures of myself in Nepal. At the time, I started doing photography because that was something the Lord told me to do. I didn't want to, felt like I was supposed to. And then I started doing CrossFit. So I was doing CrossFit. Photography felt like I was supposed to go to Nepal. Super randomly, I found this ministry that had done some kind of video of missionaries in Nepal. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll follow them. They posted about a three-week like workshop, um, which was you know, I had thought it was a three-week workshop about videography and, like, um, photography. So I was really interested. And, you know, I was like, oh, it's probably on the other side of the world, so I'm not going to go. Uh, it turns out it was two hours away from where I was living. Wow. I didn't know anyone who was going. I didn't know what this thing even was. I signed up for it that day. I was like, I have to go. I don't even know what it's for. Basically, what I thought was going to be video and photography training was actually missions training. So it was called 21 Project. It was a bunch of college-age students who just had a passion to share the gospel with their colleges. But they focused on different things like music. There was a department that was focused on social media um, evangelism, like actually verbally communicating the gospel. And then there was a, a traditional missions track. So I was in that traditional missions track. And they basically just talked a ton about like, you know, sharing the gospel today doesn't look like it did 
back then. It's not handing out tracks and going door to door, though it can. That's just typically not what people do. It's utilizing the gifts that the Lord's put in front of you. And it's going, God, how do I use these tools to share the gospel with who, whoever it is in front of me? Yeah. So I felt like, a, you know, I just had this moment with God. I'm like, Lord, what have you put in my hands? <laughs> a camera and CrossFit. And I feel like I'm supposed to go to Nepal. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> this makes no sense. What, like, you know, what, what the heck? <clears throat> I was truly um, not devastated. That's aggressive. But I, I was disappointed. I was, I was disappointed because it truly did not make any sense to me. Yeah. The next day, somebody came up to me and said, Hey, did you know that YWAM is doing a CrossFit focused discipleship training school? And they're actually going to do an outreach to Nepal. You should go. Oh my word. And I think for the first time in my Christian life, that was the moment where I really believed that God saw me. Yeah. And I signed up to do a YWAM DTS. That day. Oh my word. And then I just knew because it was so specific that it wasn't just going to be a six month training school, that it was going to be something that I did, which I did end up doing for five years of my life. Wow. I was in YWAM um, in Kona, Hawaii. I know it sounds, sounds super rough, um, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so spent five years um, of my life serving in, in Kona. I just love how the Lord will often give us a vision and he won't complete the picture. You know, it's something that we have to step into. I recently caught a clip actually on the If Gatherings uh, social mm -hmm. media and it was Jill Briscoe and she is one of my favorite leaders of the faith is what I will say. Yeah, And she that. she talks about going on the mission field and doing it scared and how yeah. when you take a step in courage, you're like courage doesn't mean not scared. You totally. by very definition, you have to have fear in order to choose courage. And the clip was just saying that obedience, like that courage meets you on the other side of the obedience. Yeah, it's so real. It's and so real. I love how he put a vision in your heart for this mission. And it, it you know, mm -hmm. I know what it's like to feel like the Lord said something, and then on the back end, yeah. Satan is right there. He is ready to whisper in your ear, yeah. did he really say? Right? He, he's just like right there, hopping in, ready to be like, well, you should question this, because just because it was a thought in your head doesn't mean blah, blah, blah. Totally. And that's something that I feel like I've learned just in my walk with the Lord, that every single word that he speaks is always tested. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. You know, every single time. But how, I mean, hearing stories like this is so encouraging to my faith to to know when God says that he's going to do something. Yeah. And then hearing how he faithfully did it. Yeah. And I will say this, too. I did not go to Nepal one time. I went three different <laughs> times. So he's like, if you need the confirmation that you heard right, here's three. Three. <laughs> right? It's the same message. You know, isn't that funny how he does that sometimes? He's like, yeah. no, but we're going to do, we're, let's try this one more time. Um, yeah. 
No, I just really love that. I am listening. I am currently listening to Beth Moore's memoir. And it is, she was already a hero in the faith to me. She was already someone that from a very young age, I have looked up to and admired. And hearing her stories of very real life and hearing her talk about how she got called into vocational ministry. I got chills just talking about it. Um, And how it would take years after that for those that calling to come to fruition and how, you know, she, the way she describes it, she describes that it wasn't this um, monumental moment. She describes that someone once said to her, like, oh, you were filled with the spirit. And she was like, I would like to think that I was filled with the spirit all the time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, She's like, no, it wasn't that significant. It just was a moment in time. And then he faithfully brought it out of very unsuspecting things. And, Man, just hearing those stories is just so powerful in our walk. Um, yeah. Because they feel like such small things in the moment. Um, yeah. You know, since we're on the topic of Beth Moore, she once in a Bible study when I was in college, um, I heard her say that when she heard God's voice, it often sounded like her. She'd be yeah. like, wait, that's my voice that yeah. I heard. But it's really you know, the Lord speaking to our heart and, and the spirit speaking because the spirit is inside of us. So it often comes out sounding like us. Right. Um, And, you know, I just think sometimes those things feel so small and so insignificant, but like also really meaningful, you know, in my life, those times have felt like dreams where I've woken up and I've been like, wow, that dream meant something. And it was like a soda bottle, a paper clip, (laughs) And the number three on a wall. And you go to tell someone and they're like, what? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm tracking. <laughs> and, but how simple and yet how monumental yeah. those moments can be in our lives when we hear from the Lord. And he's like, I don't know about you, but every time I've had those experiences, I've always had the drive and the hustle to want to make it happen. And he... yeah. He doesn't work that way. He's so patient no. <laughs> and, he's, and he takes his time and he's like, you can't yeah. hustle this if you try. Like, this is going to be yeah. the work that I do in your life. I'm just telling you so you know it's me. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's exactly how we feel with this. Like even moving here to D.C. where it was something we've, you know, felt like we heard the Lord say over almost five years ago. And we thought it was for now, right? In that moment, mm. we tried to hustle it and make it happen twice. <laughs> and he's like, not ready yet. <laughs> not yet. And it, and it, I could go into five hundred reasons why it was he was right and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Always, you know, right? So, but it's so real. Like he gives us the vision. He gives us the word. And our responsibility is not to make it happen. It's to mm-hmm. sow it into the ground and water it through prayer. And he brings it to fruition in its time. Yes. I think about that you a know? lot. So I got married at 24. And what like what a normal age to get married. But yeah. I had been ready to get married from mm. 18. So it felt yeah. like painstakingly long. Yeah. And... I just, it's always such a funny balance to me because I think back to those times of um, just longing to be married and wondering who it will be. And 
I mean, just to be completely flat out honest, I tried to make it happen multiple times. Totally. Totally. And was like, <laughs> not said, Let you. me spare you, daughter. <laughs> and it's just, it's such a reminder that like when we are in Christ, we mm-hmm. are divinely, our steps are divinely ordered. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. doesn't take away our free will mysteriously right. it doesn't take away our right. free will it just it just gives us more of that encouragement and that truth that he is in control of all things and he works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose he works those things out because yes. while we are bound by time right. he is not i can pray for yeah. something today that he can do in my past what Sounds not even mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry to make your heads explode. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been walking through just processing what it means to be in his good timing yeah. to us in bound by present timeline. It feels yeah. like it feels like he is taking away our free will to some extent. Yeah, But what's really happening is we get to look back and say, like, no, I very much chose that in that moment. Totally. Totally. And he he very much worked it for my good. Totally. A hundred percent. So that's so spot on. So tell me about your time in ministry and how that impacted just you and your walk with the Lord. And um, yeah, tell me about that season. I think truly my closeness and my understanding of who Jesus is and the way that I relate to him and the way that I perceive him was completely dramatically changed. Mm. I remember probably one of the most profound moments that I had during ministry time was understanding just this reality that how we experience a father and a mother on earth can directly impact the way that we view God, father, not God, not, I'm not going to say God, the mother, but he has nurturing aspects to him. Right. Right. Um, and I did not realize that my earthly experience with my parents directly impacted the way that I thought God thought of me mm. and the way that I thought of God yeah. and my parents, are great they did the best that they could do but there's flaws you know what I mean yeah and realizing that God is so much bigger than my experiences and my experiences don't define God but he actually gets to define my experiences Mm. um and intimacy I feel like it's such a like what does that even actually mean to be intimate with God right like (laughs) You know what I mean? But it was, I feel like the best way that I can explain it 
is that intimacy with God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all three feels like water. Mm. Like it's just fluid, right? It doesn't have to try. It just is. It just exists. It just moves in the way that it will go. Sometimes it evaporates. Sometimes it crystallizes. It does everything that it's supposed to do when it's supposed to, how it's supposed to. Mm. It doesn't have to think about it, right? Right. And I feel like my intimacy with God during that time felt like that. Mm. It just was. And it nourished. And it was a source of life for me and it just you know it just flowed yeah you know and it it's I had never truly experienced that before doing full-time ministry Mm. I loved reading my bible I loved journaling before I loved worshiping but they there was just a fluidity with life with Jesus during full-time ministry that I just honestly never experienced before. Yeah. I love the water analogy because I just think water can be really gentle, but water can be such a force too. Fierce. Yes. Yeah. It can be a powerful motivator. (laughs) Right? Like it's both. Yes. Something to both be respected but also enjoyed. I think of that every year we take our kids to the beach and six kids at the beach is terrifying. <laughs> God bless you, my friend. <laughs> that is, I'm like, I can't even take two, let alone six. Well, the first year we went, we had grandparents and it was amazing because there was this bank and then this like sand dune and then the ocean. And so the little ones who couldn't be trusted to like be in the ocean by themselves. Right. There was this path of water in that first bank that they could splash yeah. in and play in and not drown in. And then on the other side, the big kids would go with an adult yeah. and we had hand signals for keeping each. But just thinking how like the same water that came yeah. from that ocean that big scary ocean with big scary things in it that could like a riptide could come in and take one of my children at a moment's notice was what was filling the space, the quiet puddles that my little ones could jump into. And I, I just, I love that analogy because I think it says so much about God's love for us and God's Mm -hmm. relationship with us. It can be so quiet and it can be so loud, but what it does is it, it's for us in every season. It takes the form. It takes the shape that it needs to be when it needs to be it, you yeah. know? It's so beautiful. I know that you eventually would transition out of ministry. Will you just share about that transition and just, um, yeah, just how you experience God's presence in the midst of that yeah. Yeah. It really kind of started, honestly, when COVID hit. Mm. Uh, we were, you know, COVID happened and everyone and their mother started evaluating life, right? 
So just kind of over COVID, you know, Ben and I, Ben, my husband and I had been uh, married for a year and a half at this point. And prior to COVID, um, I had gotten diagnosed with a disease called endometriosis, which I was going through a lot of medical things. And the Lord really was speaking to me at that time um, that what I was experiencing in my body was not just physical. It was spiritual and emotional Mm -hmm. and that I had some, you know, spiritual and emotional healing that he wanted to take me through. Um, so, I mean, yeah, COVID came, I was in a season where I felt like the Lord was telling me to rest and then everybody had to rest. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, okay. Um, and through that process of rest, I realized that I was operating at a pace that was not healthy for me. Mm. Um, I worked in a ministry that was extremely apostolic and visionary, which is so exciting and like exhilarating. And there's always something that you can be doing. And I realized I don't operate that fast. Yeah. I work slow. I'm very slow. My workload capacity, I, I, I truly don't understand how people even operate at a 40-hour-a-week work week. I don't have it. <laughs> like, I don't got that, okay? I just don't. Like, mm. I don't operate this way. And so when COVID happened, you know, we're a year and a half into marriage, and we're just starting to kind of figure out what are our family values, mm-hmm. you know, what we actually, um, we had read before COVID hit, we read the ruthless elimination of hurry <laughs> and that changed our life. Hundred, I'm a fan. <laughs> right. I know we've connected over that book. I'm like, this is an annual read in the Tanner household. Yes. Um, and we just realized, you know, God is just as, big as he is small and he is just as extravagant as he is simple are you a fan of the wandering wild podcast well now you can become a very important part of our podcast community by supporting us every single month your support not only helps us sustain this podcast but you'll also play a crucial role in helping us continue our mission of leading women into God's presence every single day. Not only that, but as our way of saying thank you, we'd love to give you a shout out on one of our upcoming episodes. Simply head over to wanderingwild.co forward slash support to start your monthly contribution today. So we just kind of started evaluating what do we want as a family unit? Not what ministry wants from us as a family unit. What do we internally want from as a family unit? And we just really started to realize that our family values and our ministry values on a on a bigger scale, our, our kind of core values were very similar, but how those values were 
going to be expressed moving forward just weren't in alignment anymore. Mm. And we just realized it was time to move on. Yeah. I had thought that I was going to live and die in ministry. Ministry just looks different now. It's still here. It's just different. It was probably one of the hardest things that I had ever experienced in my entire life. Probably, honestly, I sometimes I feel like it was harder than my parents' divorce when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it felt like my soul, my purpose, and my identity was completely ripped from me. Mm-hmm. The day after we found out, or the day after we decided to move and leave the island, we found out that we were pregnant after being told we would not be able to get pregnant. You know the Lord was doing something there. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck, God? But these were the people I was supposed to birth my children with, you know, that oh. that that we were supposed to, you know, have as our, our tribe to raise our kids. So it was like this super, like, bitter, sweet moment of like the promise but like not the way that I wanted it to be you know and so it it was a crazy transition out of full-time ministry to be a hundred percent honest I feel like just now three years later I'm starting to get a little bit of a grasp on it yeah because it felt like an absolute whirlwind yeah you know, like we train, we changed, we moved across an ocean. We became parents with no one around us. We're trying to figure out how to function in quote unquote normal society. <laughs> and no one yeah. transitions you like no one. No. It, it, and it's a crazy, it's a crazy transition when you've, when you've been in full-time ministry and then you go into the quote unquote secular world again. You know, and it was really hard. Oh, man, the promises of God, you know, when you're walking in that and you're like, what is this? I think about that just in simplicity when I've had each of my children, you know, postpartum is not as glamorous as it looks. You watch women on Instagram give birth. and Oh, sister. In a tub and, you know, like I've had two home births. Like I know how sweet, but yeah. You never factor in biological post fall. <laughs> oh, I'm, I mean, fully transparent. I landed in a psych ward after my first delivery because my postpartum depression and anxiety was so intense. Like I had days separated from my firstborn child because it was yeah. such a hard transition for me. I just wonder how much I often say. I often say this, the kingdom of God is upside down. Yeah. What we call what we call prosperous in this culture is not what the kingdom calls prosperous. No. And the barometer of what's prosperous in the kingdom is the fruit yeah. that it bears. Yep. And we don't bear fruit without harsh hard circumstances. Pruning. Pruning I mean, gosh, you think about like 
if we're going to go with a planting analogy, like literal in the dirt, in the dark, in the cold, lying dormant. Yeah. And then the promise comes and it doesn't look like you thought it would. Yeah. We experienced that with um, getting involved in foster care. Yeah. It, you know, literally imagine you think it's, this is going to offend some people, but this is my experience. I thought it would make me look good. That's as painfully honest and transparent as I know to be. Yeah. You think it's going to make you look good to be yeah. in ministry. You think it's going to look glamorous to pack up and, and move your family and start your family, all of those things. But if it's going to have value in the kingdom, it's going to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't make it not good. No, not it at actually, all. It actually is such a sign of his goodness. Yeah. And his faithfulness that he is in it in the heart. That's the whole purpose, right? right. That's the whole purpose of Christ. Yeah. That he is present. Yeah. That's like even in, you know, marriage where we just quickly realize like every opportunity, every time there is opposition and hardship, mm. There is always an opportunity for deeper intimacy if you choose to get to the other side, right? If you choose it, yes. It's oh. so real. I look at trials that have happened in our lives in the last three years. I mean, trials my whole life, but right. it's that choice mm-hmm. that makes or breaks it because. Yeah. This is how I like to put it. I could let that pile of garbage yeah. sit there and be a pile of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that could true. and and I could be right. Right. And that could be all it's ever going to be is a pile of garbage unless I choose to know that I know that I know that I know that God will turn something so beautiful from those ashes. Yeah. And that he can. Yeah. And literally the only the only thing standing in the way of that pile of ashes becoming something beautiful is my choice to allow him to do it. That's hard. That's hard and it's so true. And it's not comfortable. <laughs> no ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole lot of real life emotional relational tension in the midst of every single moment of that but it was very lonely it was very hard um I still cry because I still my god I truly don't understand what happened you know that passage in Jeremiah I think it's Jeremiah 17 where it talks about a tree being planted by by the water it was a season being planted by a stream with zero water and I was fully dependent on my root system. And so it exposed to me where my true root system lied. And I think a lot of times when people are transitioning out of ministry, um, or, you know, not even just transitioning out of ministry, but I think people experience, you know, hurt or pain um, from you know, whether it be, you know, quote unquote, church hurt or ministry hurt. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, really, 
people are people and people make choices and decisions, whether you're a Christian or not. And I think a lot of times as believers, we hold other believers to higher standards. And at the end of the day, like I said, believers are still people. Yeah. And I think what it really kind of exposed to me in making that transition was where my true root system lied. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not like bitter about my experience. Like I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning out and I, and I'm not bitter. I'm sad. I'm super sad, but I can recognize that my identity is not given to me by what I am doing and how I am serving the Lord. It truly is given to me from a place of depth in God. Yeah. And nothing can take that away from me. There's not one single thing on the face of this planet that can ever take my identity from me because it's rooted in somewhere that no one can touch. Yeah. And I, right. Like I can't even change that. And I, I just, left that season heartbroken but also I was like Lord I'm not walking away from the faith Mm. like so one of my friends in in Kona she told me this and I will stick with me for the rest of my life Um, she had a sign on it in her kitchen and it said if we don't quit we win and I was like God we're not quitting yeah we're winning because we're still showing up for you, yeah. not for anything else. We're showing up for you. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I think I was encouraged because I, I was able to see that my root system was in the right place. Though I was experiencing the deepest grief of my entire life. Yeah. I, I'm okay. He could look at me and say, your heart is clean, you know? Yeah. I think so many times we think about one of our coping mechanisms as humans is that when there's a transition, we try to make sense of it. Yeah. By assigning bad. Right. To then assign good. I All nine plus years of Zach and I's married life, We've wrestled that. Yeah. Well, it, whether it be a job change or it's so easy to turn and demonize mm. what you're leaving as yeah. a coping strategy mm-hmm. rather than looking forward and being like, this doesn't have to equal bad in order for this to equal good. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think of the 2020, 2021 season of life. Yeah, And that was very much the case for our family. I, I feel like that's the heart, the crux of everything was yeah. this identity shaking where the yeah. Lord was like, my people will find their identity in me. Amen. And all I just I just have this picture of all the things that we assigned, you know, we put on our cork board. Right. Or like labeled on our water bottles, <laughs> like of things that were to represent us. He peeled off all those layers 
And he was like, no, your identity will be in me. Yeah. That was very (laughs) much it for me in 2020 was he was taking my identity where I had put it in such Mm. culturally appropriate places. Exactly. Kingdom inappropriate places. Mm. And he said, if your identity is not in me, then it's no identity at all. Right. I created you with the very blueprints of my identity. Right. And that's like almost exactly what I feel like he did with me, where it was like, but even in doing something that was kingdom, my identity still could not be in the king. Right. And he's like, I will even take away this thing because it's, you know, if it's not fully me, it can be, you can be about me and you cannot be for me. You know, yeah, so easily too. It's so easy to do, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I think that identity we we put it in other things. Honestly, honestly, the last two years, one of the reasons why I have not done this podcast mm-hmm. is because that's the game that you play in ministry. Yeah, it is. It takes nothing for your identity to shift off of Christ right. and onto the checklist, the to-do. Right. The, and, and it took all of this year, 2023, for me to really realize that Christ didn't want the leftovers. Totally. He didn't want me doing things in his name, but then giving him the crumbs that were left. Right. And right. as simple as that is to throw off all the extras, mm-hmm. right? Because let's just play it out here. Like we could all quit doing everything and know that the Lord would care for us and sustain us. Right. right? I could quit all the jobs, <laughs> run away from it all. Um, but that wouldn't be easy. No. It would it would be valuable if we made him the thing until our dying breath. Right. But it would be hard because mm-hmm. of the culture that we live in. Right. And the pressures that we put on ourselves and the temptations that entice us. But he doesn't ask us for that. I he I could do nothing else for him not one way that i would serve him the rest of my life mm. he still would have died for me yeah he still would have given me that gift i would still be just as valuable to him yeah than if i were the greatest ministry speaker right <laughs> gospel evangelist on the earth yeah. If I went off grid and grew my own tomatoes and <laughs> did nothing else, never right. got dressed another day in my life, right? Like that identity would not be removed. It's it's that simple. And right. yet. <laughs> right. It's that hard. <laughs> right. I I'm answering a question with another question is what it feels like. <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> but he just he's so faithful in it because what he promises us is not that it won't be hard and not that 
Uh, we need, he doesn't tell us we have to make our identity the service that we give him. Mm. Yeah. It's who we are in him. <laughs> it's not the things we do or the, man, as a perfectionist, <laughs> as someone who has a bent towards doing all the things and doing them really well. Yeah. It has been extremely hard for him to get that through my thick skull. <laughs> you know, that's something too. I'm like, there's, and this could be a whole nother conversation I could have, but you know, <laughs> understanding too, like there's a difference between perfection and excellence, right? Yeah. Where it's like excellence, I do think is required of us. It's, it's effort. It's saying, Lord, like this is my best and excellence mm-hmm. could look completely different today than it does tomorrow, given the how much sleep did you get last night with your six children? Right? <laughs> like, right? Like, is your body fueled well today? How, like, you know what I mean? Did you spend time in the word? And then, right. you know, just even the variables of life, but it's like, what does excellence look like for me to give you today with what I have today? And maybe it looks like not doing anything. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's literally rest. Oh, and that's like, excellent. How many times does scripture say, wait patiently for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Wait yeah. patiently. Yeah. Do nothing. It's so real. That's exactly where I feel like I'm at right now. Like I literally work in this industry of incredible humans who are building amazing, like game changing things to truly change people's lives. And every mm-hmm. time I'm like, all right, Lord, what are we building? What do you want me to do? What's my purpose? What is it? Tell me the thing. And he's like, me it's me yeah it's me it's that's that's the gold in it because while it is that simple and it is that hard that treasure is worth it yeah so i know you're so passionate about taking those callings and and the purpose and turning it into identity can you share a little bit about what that practically looks like in just your life and your job and, um, you know, like what makes you so passionate about that? Obviously it is born out of the experiences that you have had over the last three years. Yeah. I think, especially as believers, we do all feel this pull to have a calling, a God given calling. And I think that you truly do find your calling at the intersection of what he calls you to be and who people need you to be. Plus, Mm. you add in the variables of your life experiences if you decide to not let them be wasted, right? Mm. Yeah. And I think somewhere in that mix is your calling. Mm. And I think that having a, you know, clear calling is amazing. Um, I think a lot of believers feel this frustration because we feel called to do great things. And then we just don't know how to actually put that into action and impact people's lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I have always said, if I could do anything in the world, I would probably want to help people make their dreams come true. And that's literally what I get to do in a very tangible way. Yeah. I get to literally have conversations with people 
and help them figure out what is their true calling and to get totally clear on it, right? But then not just figure out your your calling and your identity, but how do you actually practically build that out? What does it look like to not just, you know, and, you know, it's prayer, but it's action, right? It's faith right. and it's tangible. We can't just live in the faith of, I think this is what I want to do. I feel called to this. I'm just going to pray it into existence. He gives us practical tools to build and to steward and to make things happen. It's called co-working with Jesus, right? Like there's a reason like why they were working in the garden. Like we are created to work. But I think a lot of times we almost kind of fall a little heavy on the faith side where it's just like, pray it, like faith it. And he's like, okay, but like practical it too. And when those things pair together, it's like, I mean, it's just amazing, you know? So I get to quite literally help people take their dream their God-given calling, but help them figure out action steps to make it happen so they can advance the kingdom. And I'm like, if that's not ministry, then I just don't know what else is. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Ministry in 2023, too. Yeah. You know, back to the beginning of our conversation when you were talking about evangelism and how it's not, it's no longer handing out tracks. Like right. our ministry is a very core of how we live our lives. And this is such a huge, impactful way to evangelize um, and show a broken world a light in a a deep darkness. Mm -hmm. And I love that you do that. And it's been such an experience Mm -hmm. and a joy getting to know you and and even just gleaning some of that from you Mm -hmm. over the last couple of months that I've known you. Yeah. as someone who is called mm-hmm. into a ministry, it's easy to get lost yeah. when you don't have that identity and when you don't have that calling and that purpose. Yeah. You know, uh, it's easy. It, the calling is easy. Hearing the call sounds easy enough. Sounds pretty. Mm-hmm. It's when you get into the why behind what you're doing mm-hmm. and um, that foundation, it gets really muddled sometimes. Yeah. I love that that you help people do that. So you offer free brand calls, which is how I met you. Yes. <laughs> and I love that. And so – uh, if you're listening to this episode and you feel like you have this calling and you have this purpose marked out for your life, but don't really know where to start or how to make sense of that, um, you can connect with Kaylee yeah. so, so easily um, through freebrandcall.com slash KT and book a free brand call. That's such a gift. Yeah. Such I would gift. love to chat with you guys about where you want to take your brand, where you want to take your vision and hop yes, on. And you do it and you do it so well. 
Kaylee, you have shared so many nuggets of wisdom with us, and I just so appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story with us. I ask all of my guests to pray over the listeners as we close out. Would you just pray over our listeners today as we wrap this up? Yes, I would love that. Um, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Just that you are who you are and not always, you know, who we want you to be. But truly, God, you are, you're the, the one that defines everything, God, not us. And your ways truly, Lord, are so much better than ours. And I just ask Holy Spirit that you would meet meet each person who is listening to this exactly where they are in the way that they need you and the way that they truly need you, not the way that they want you. And Holy Spirit, I just ask specifically that you would bring healing to hearts of people that are listening to this. I just feel very specifically that there are um, people who are listening to this that are brokenhearted from, I don't know if it's from (laughs) ministry or church or um, you know what, but I just, Holy Spirit, yeah, I just feel like the Lord just wants you to know that you are seen. He sees you. He sees every single thing that happened. He sees every single justice or injustice, you know, that that may have happened. And he truly does collect every single tear that you have cried. And he cherishes them. And they're not wasted. And he and and I just feel like he wants you to know that your experience is not wasted. Yes. So yeah, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would bring that mending of heart right now, Lord, in a supernatural way that only you can do, in a way that completely surpasses understanding. That truly, in a single moment, because of the blood, that hearts can be healed. I just ask for whoever this is for, Lord, that they would feel the release of tension literally off of their shoulders right now in the name of Jesus. All oppression, all heaviness, all would just leave right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask Holy Spirit for the exchange of mourning for joy. That whoever's listening to this not even not even that they wouldn't even wake up tomorrow with joy, but they as soon as this episode is done, they would feel the joy of heaven and it would make absolutely no sense <laughs> other than it was just a work of your Holy Spirit. So I just bless every single person who's listening to this, Lord. I pray that it would bless you, Jesus, that this conversation would be, you know, a, a blessing to your heart, Lord. And I just, I just, yeah, we just, we just give it to you, God. This is, this is to you. It's for you. And we just love you. We love, you know, we just love talking about you. And we just love getting to share about 
the works that you've done in our lives, Lord. And so we just honor you for who you are, Jesus. Um, and we just, you know, just declare that you will have the glory. And so just thank you um, for our time together. Thank you for every person that would um, listen to this. And we just, yeah, ask that they would just be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Kaylee, thank you so much for being yeah. a guest on the podcast and praying over us. Such a powerful prayer. It's yeah. been so wonderful. Thank you, friend. This is the best. I'm so glad we got to do this. At the end of every episode, I get the great privilege of sharing with you where I've been wandering lately in the Word and um, in my time practicing presence with the Lord. And lately, I've been really drawn to the book of John and just have been floating through passages of Scripture where Jesus is healing people, and it's really impacted my quiet time. And I've found that it's the simplest of things that stick out to me lately. It's the it's the small sentences that could be applied across a gamut of things that have been resonating in my heart the most. And so recently I was reading in John chapter 13 where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And there were two really quick phrases that popped out to me, one at the beginning and one towards the end. And I just can't even tell you how it impacted my heart. Um, it really just reminded me that the gospel is complicated sometimes, but really it's so simple and we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be at times. So in John chapter 13, at the end of verse 1, it says, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Really, it's referring to how Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world to the Father. Um, but it says that he loved his own who were in the world, even though he would be leaving them. He loved them to the end. And as you go on through this portion of scripture, he washes his disciples' feet and he shares with them, um, he serves them. But after he's washed their feet, he says this really simple thing. He says, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And those two just really got highlighted to me in my quiet time the other morning as just connecting them. If I were to boil down John chapter 13, I would probably boil it down to these two phrases. Jesus, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And this is the example that he has given to us that we also should do just as he has done. Man, I just feel the weight of a culture that is burdened by a lot of overwhelming hard, and it can be really hard to love people to the end, and it can be really hard to 
commit and dig your heels in and do the hard thing with the Lord, with others around you. And this just really spoke to my heart that Jesus is so faithful to us. He's so loving and so serving. And even though he was on his way to the Father out of the world, he loved those who were in it really well in the present, um, in the past, and we know in the future because we experience his love every day. So that's where I've been wandering. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and become a part of a community of women who are growing and thriving in their relationship with God and practicing presence in the midst of their everyday life. Thanks for being here.